are now listening to Hint of Lemon. Hey, welcome to Hint of Lemon. Today's guest is a guy that I've gotten to know slowly but surely over the years. He's technically my cousin-in-law, but if anything, he's played more of a big brother role to me as the years have gone by. I've always had a mutual respect for him considering how composed he is, but he's always had a quiet confidence about him. And it'd be really cool to just kind of tap into that today and just see like what his mentality is on life in general. And most importantly, especially you see that when he's in his element of doing, you know, adventurous things. So that are unique to who he is, but what he enjoys. So for example, just staying active all the time and enjoying the outdoors. Considering how family oriented he is, I've gotten to know him better through that regard, but also have learned that he's an overall respectable guy and just very humble and easygoing. He has a firm sense of identity, and he has a powerful sense of determination and discipline in that way that he carries himself in anything that he does. Without giving too much, I'd like to introduce you guys to the legend himself, Juan Paulo, aka Manong Jep, aka Jepeezy, aka Coach. Welcome, my guy. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. This is kind of cool. It's like I'm on a game show or something. <laughs> of course. This is cool. So just to give some background, I feel like it took a week because uh, I messaged you randomly. You've been aware that I've been doing this podcast, so maybe you've kind of <laughs> were ready to be asked. You're anticipating it, maybe. I don't know. Take me through that. I'm actually curious what your thought process I is. I wasn't really anticipating it, but you know, whenever you have someone close to you, like you say, you know, yeah, we've yeah. grown up together here through. The, then we got to know each other for the last few years. You're always willing to help out. You're always yeah. willing to volunteer and do stuff. Like the time, there's some times where we've done and stuff, different stuff we'll talk about. Oh, I'm always down. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's always love when you're around too. One thing to keep note of is, you know, you're Mark's cousin, but now you're basically my cousin, <laughs> yep. um, you know, by default. But also it's more of like, we've also gone to know each other because I feel like you're more in the picture than before, maybe. I, you know, I don't really know what the shift is, but I also started hanging out with you guys more and I'm right. usually at we're recording at my sister and Mark's house right now. So there's that. But really, it's also just cool just to see how I've gotten to know you. It's not that we've like dove into serious topics either. So I mean, not that we're not going to get into anything crazy today. But right. I think it's also cool to just highlight different types of people. Like I said, going back to my intro, like, I think it's just cool to highlight who you are, because you know, I respect a lot of aspects about you. And in a way, like you're a role model. And I'll get into that later, but it's just stuff like that. Yeah, much appreciated. No, this of is and this is pretty cool of you doing this, you know, yeah, yeah. starting this podcast. It's like, whoa, I'm just gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna go for it. I mean, it took a lot it took a <laughs> while, I have to be honest. But no, I appreciate that because it's weird because you have to kind of think beyond this. And I honestly think that anybody's story, like somebody will resonate with and be like, damn, maybe I can take something from them, or maybe it's like you know, I'm not doing something that works for me and they want to see how other people live their lives. Right. You know, we all live different lives. Yeah. yeah. Every single one of us, yeah. no matter what, where, when, we all have different lives. And we all have our stories. So that's another thing we can jump into. So overall, I know that you've been working from home normally before this whole pandemic went yeah. down. How's that experience, I guess, continuing to work from home? And then how has your life kind of changed in the midst of the pandemic and all these changes? 
So I've been working from home for about like four years before the yeah. pandemic. So it was pretty normal basis for me. Yeah. You go on your daily routine, not really routine, but you know, you have your work routine. You wake up in the morning, get ready. Why not have breakfast? If you work out in the morning, work out in the morning, get ready for the day. Yeah. But when the pandemic hit, it was a little bit different because the weekend flowed into the weekday. Mm. <laughs> it's like, wait, what day is it? But luckily, you know, I'm so structured that I can also separate those yeah. two days, the two weekend days from the weekdays. So it wasn't too much of an adjustment for me because yeah. also I'm a little older now. Yeah. And so I didn't, wasn't really doing the whole going out too much on yeah. the weekend. You still go out. Yeah. I feel like you guys kind of talking on the structure aspect too. Like you, Mark, Auric, who my sister, who else is involved? Like you guys are pretty good. What I've noticed is that you know, you will make a plan for like week by week, I guess. It's like, hey, let's decide on eating here <laughs> yeah. and then kind of going off of that, which I think is just really cool to have family and friends to have that structure with because, you know, it gives you something to look forward to. But also it's like, that's what you guys are all used to, I feel like. Yeah. And that might speak on behalf of your friendship in general. Like you guys are easygoing, let's decide on the spot kind of thing. And then you know, it's natural is what I'm trying to get at. So it is very natural. Cool, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, growing up, you know, we'd like, we'd always have family parties yeah, every yeah. weekend. Yeah. So it's similar to that, but just not as big as a family party. That's true. Yeah. You know, so I get to see them every weekend. Yeah. So it's fun. We have do different things like, oh, let's go eat here this weekend. Let's go eat there. Of course, there's some weekends like, let's just go to bees. Yeah. There's <laughs> a weakness for all of us, man. Shout out to the fucking wing. <laughs> or yeah, we'll just go, oh, let's, let's go Buffalo Wings. We're good there. <laughs> Any wings, I'm down. Like, we're always down. Yeah, so I guess what's one um, major change for you throughout this pandemic, I guess, if we were to pinpoint something? I think one major change, because like I said, there wasn't much difference before the pandemic for mm. me. Major change would have been just doing the gym thing every mm. day. Yeah, even though we had, that's we a big have, aspect for you. Right? It was, yeah. yeah. Plus, the gym was really close to me. I'd go to the, you know, the local Y, and so it was really close to me. And it was a chance for me also to get out of the house. <laughs> Working all day in the house, it was my time. Four thirty, five o'clock, clock yeah. off. Go to the gym and just not necessarily pump out so much music, but just de-stress a little bit. But you know, it's a chance to just relax your mind from work. And I think that was the main difference. And then it was nice also like when we were able to go back to eat out. Mm -hmm. Part of it was also nice where we couldn't eat out because you kind of focus at home, go grocery, yeah. make some good food, make some good food. Yeah. For me, I make food to survive. I don't make food for it to look good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an interesting way too because I feel like that's part of your dynamic. I like to think like you're a very productive guy. And once you are goal oriented, like, I've gotten the sense that like you can set your mind on something and just get shit done. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, no, if no. I'm wrong, but you know what I mean? Yeah. See, the thing is also if my mentality has always been, if you want to get something done, you do it yourself. Mm. You know, like I said, I mean, we're kind of jumping in there, but like that is already just huge to even hear because I see just how you move and how you present yourself. Like that's basically what I see. Get something done, do it yourself. And then unless there's a point where you do need some help, and it's fine to get some help. Right, yeah. Like there's certain things where I can't reach things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, being more dependable is what you're saying. Right, yeah. right. So kind of going off of, I guess, let's just kind of reminisce on our cousinship or friendship. Do you have any first recollections of when we first met? I, I'll go after you, but I'm just curious. 
And it doesn't have to be something profound. I'm actually just curious, like, when we noticed each yeah, other. I, know, I don't right? know. Yeah. Because it's been a while. Yeah, it's a little hazy to me, if I'm honest. I did some thinking before this, but yeah. What's I would definitely take? think it was definitely when your sister and Marks obviously were dating. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking long time. So if yeah. you heard the last episode, yeah. <laughs> and so it was definitely at one of Mark's house parties. I believe uh, one of the family parties at Mark's house or at the Legion place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that big family party spot yeah. that we'd always go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that was it. And then yeah. yours, you know, obviously, because you're a few years younger than your sister. And so you're still yeah, probably still a fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Might have, might have just graduated high school. I mean, I can't pinpoint exactly yeah. when. No, I, I feel you on that. about the right time um, period. You mentioned it earlier, but we are a little different in age. So me being me, like, I'm not very outgoing to begin with. So I guess I get to know people, not by default, but like better when they are just like physically around me. And like I said, it happened to be like you were hanging out more with Mark and my sister and, you know, Orc and all those other guys. And I think it just naturally, I was like, oh shit, like this guy's cool. And similarly, I'm the same way as you, you know, I, I, I'm pretty quiet until I get to know the person. And yeah, I mean, we're both slow to warm up and I do remember being super intimidated by you. I think it's because like you had that older cousin vibe. (laughs) I'm sure you can kind of agree with like your older cousins. It's like, I don't know what to talk about with this person. Like, you know, (laughs) should I be myself? You know what I mean? It's just a little nerve wracking. Another question I have is, what are some memorable memories of like us getting to know each other better? The biggest one was when we did the coaching together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That was yeah, definitely the biggest well. one. Yeah. What's your take on that? Oh, like man. take me through that experience. That was fun. When yeah. you first asked me, because previously I had coached a team before that. Yeah. Just for like, a, it was a high school senior project thing. And then, you know, years later, you asked me this, oh, it kind of bring back memories. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, it'd be fun to do that again. Plus, I was at the point where it's like, I missed the structure of going to practice, getting a good practice in, you know, and then helping. And the fact, also helping these kids that you're going to coach, you know, try to better themselves at basketball, you know, and also you just share some knowledge I might have gained throughout the years. A lot of knowledge, just uh, to add on to that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was fun. What, four years? Four years ago? Three, at least, three, four yeah. Years ago now? So just to chime in on that, I worked at a private school. It was a middle school, so I was a teacher assistant. And I do remember I was probably like three, four years into coaching youth basketball. And we just happened to coach a, I was the head coach for AAA. So this is like the highest league. Long story short, this team did not live up to that. They... <laughs> Which I felt really bad, but um, just to back up what you're saying, I remember hitting you up and I was a little hesitant because I didn't really know you like that, mm-hmm. but I also thought it was great because I know you have a lot of basketball experience, but just high IQ and I know you have a love for the game. Yeah. And I think that's really uh, part of why I gravitated towards you as well because, you know, basketball is my life and I'm not as active in it, but I love it. Right. Once you see someone else who shares that love for it, you're just kind of like, man, no brainer. I got to get this guy on the coaching staff or whatever you want to call it for fucking youth basketball, whatever. No, that was a great experience. Was fun. I was humbled that you said yes, because that really surprised me. But I also think that was a great experience to get to know you like firsthand. I do remember seeing like you working one-on-one with just each player and really picking at like what they had to work on. And it showed like how not that you're like super critical, but it's more of like you paid attention to the details and it showed that you're that type of person, but you're also able to frame it where it was still motivating for youth. Right. And I don't know if you worked a lot with youth besides that project, 
and just in general, but it was also just cool to see you highlighted in that manner too. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know this, but I remember like, because, you know, I work with these kids in the classroom and I remember they'd just be hyping you up. They're like, yo, Coach <laughs> Jep, like he has the sickest shoes. Like, Jep, just to give you a story, Jep was flexing his J's like every practice. And I was like, yo. He's like, man, these shoes are older than these kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because these kids are like all shoe heads for the most part. So they got a kick out of that. But most importantly, like they had a really big respect for you, which I was like, man, good. Because, you know, I feel the same way. But like I said, it just overall, it highlighted just you in general. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely maybe my third time doing some youth coaching similar like that. It was different in a sense because before I was younger when I did it. You know, I wasn't as old as I was now when you have a little more wiser, a little bit more mature. True. And so you have a different view on how you try to teach the kids or at least give little tips to the kids here and there that you pick up. Sometimes, you know, and plus kids nowadays, sometimes they might not listen. <laughs> I mean, you know, they don't, they don't take really criticism. Yeah, yeah, they don't take criticism easily sometimes, yeah. you know, but when you're there putting in the work with them. True. And they can see you doing the work. It does pay off. I mean, going off of that too, I remember you would run with the kids too. Like I did it occasionally. I feel like I was at that point, I was just kind of like, man, I'm tired of like running lines with kids. But you set an example, which I mean, again, maybe I'm taking this a little too far, but it kind of just speaks to your overall values, I guess, or just like way of going about your life. Like you put in the work, I'm here next to you. Like, you know, your role is what I'm getting at. I'm also a type of person as lead by example type of deal. Mm. I'm not just going to lead you, tell you what to do yeah, type yeah. of deal. Do as much as possible to show you how I would lead, do this and do that yeah. type of thing. That's how I learn also. I have to learn by doing things. True, yeah. <laughs> Rather than just someone telling me this and that, I need to do it. Make some mistakes, you learn from it. Yeah. I wonder where those kids are now. I mean, they're probably like a junior maybe yeah. by now. It's crazy, junior, right? Yeah. Time right. flies. Yeah, because I remember one, we, one kid we had, he was pretty good. He was one of our, one of our top... Um, oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah, so there's that select kid that you're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. It's always interesting to see where those kids are at now yeah you know like you said they're probably what juniors probably maybe graduating i'm sure they're probably like a foot taller Almost, now yeah. <laughs> keep in mind this is a, a private school so they're like all white kids um <laughs> so picture this like two asian dudes just out of nowhere who live nowhere near that area <laughs> just picking up a team and <laughs> i think our biggest two players are like six some yeah and it's least. funny because like the you know for me growing up from basketball is yeah, I did do an all Filipino team, an that, AAU yeah, that Filipino team, but I also played with, you know, a, like a, just a general basketball team. I mean, I did play in high school, and so there's a mixed amount of people too. <laughs> right. So, and then even before that, you do Boys and Girls Club, some YMCA. So yeah. it's, it's always a different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that too, like you had a lot of experience playing organized as, as in like you played select and a lot of rec, right? Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. Select and rec. You're one guest on here, uh, Tone. We actually played together a long time ago. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, we grew up together too, playing basketball. Wait, you played on the blues together or what? Yep, we played blues. Oh, yeah, we played on the blues together. You heard him, Tone. He shouted you out. <laughs> Shout out, Tone. <laughs> you always yell blues. <laughs> so yeah, from that experience though, it was just really exciting because like I said, got to know you better, but also see the different highlights in like how you carried yourself, especially around youth. I feel like when you're around youth, that really shows like how you are as a person, but also shows you like, you know, your work ethic. And that was just a little capture of, you know, what I saw up front, at least. So. Right. You definitely have to adapt when you work with youth people because you kind of have to relate to their level somewhat, right, right. you know, that way you don't lose their attention. 
<laughs> and hopefully it was nostalgic for you too because oh definitely i'm sure you saw yourself in some of those kids and i think that was just a great experience because you know i work with them on the daily in a school aspect but yeah in the basketball court like that was even more fun <laughs> i'm sure they're totally different oh, in the yeah. classroom than they were in the yeah the gym i love them on the court for sure <laughs> so just hopping into things uh just to recap so one of the main reasons why i invited jeb so on the surface, probably caught on to this by now, but he's an overall athlete. Like this guy is a runner, a lifter. Tennis is, is that one of your first loves or what? Uh, I don't know about first love. Mm. You know, I think tennis was a thing. I started in high school, senior year in high school. Yeah. Plus it was something me and my dad did. Ah, so my okay. dad started bonding, playing tennis. Yeah. yeah. And so we would bring me along to the courts. We'd play here and there. And then some of our titos and uncles would yeah. play with us too. And so that's how that started. Uh, and then I just joined the tennis team in high school. Okay. But you're pretty active in that, but I know you go way back with basketball. Like, yes. Basketball is definitely the first sport, I would say, that I got into. And I always saw that in you because, you know, you're also a shoe head on top of that. So it's just basketball overall. And other than that on the surface, like just being a laid back and go with the flow guy, but also you're pretty punctual and just reliable in general. Yes. Once you're told something, you're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, very different from Filipino time. <laughs> yeah. My sister actually wanted me to mention that you're the most punctual Filipino that we know. <laughs> yeah. I'm very different from that. You know, a lot. Yeah. I also learned, I think it was probably sometime in high school is when I learned that if you're not early, you're late. And that's that comes, true. And that kind of actually came from my, one of my, my basketball coach. Ah, okay. That's, I learned that early on. And so, plus I'm also the type of person, I don't want people waiting on me. I mean, I'll, I'm, fine, I'm fine hanging out, wait for others, you know, yeah. if something goes on, but I don't want people waiting on me. See, it's stuff like that, like the tidbits like that. We were talking about this before, and I feel like basketball, you can correct me later if I'm wrong, but like basketball has given you a foundation to kind of live by. But I feel like you definitely take elements, what I've noticed from, because, you know, I play basketball too, and I know there's certain lessons, I guess you can say, where you're still living up to those things. Yeah. And, and that's not to discredit your life experiences on top of that. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying like as a basic foundation, I can see like the, the connection there. Right. And sports in general does mm -hmm. that, you know, not, I mean, of course your home life, your friend life, your family life, everything also plays a big factor, like you said, but sports will do that for you. And then on top of that, like, I know you're a big Harry Potter fan. I mean, there's so much <laughs> you're, you're Guardian of... <laughs> Liviosa. Pop culture overall, uh, you travel, you're an avid traveler. and then. You also love ghosts. I like my paranormal shit. I feel like that's a random thing that we kind of just... Hey, the next podcast you do, we're going to have a Ouija board. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not down. I'm not down. <laughs> um, deep down, though, this is the part that I really love to highlight. Like, I've come to notice you have a strong sense of a self and identity. And there's that confidence about you. So, for example, like just doing things independently and just doing things like on your own time and knowing like when this is me time, I'm making the best of it. Right. And you're a man of your word. And then most importantly, you're, you have a powerful sense of determination and discipline. One thing I noticed also is that you're not necessarily, I don't like the saying like you're a creature of habit, but you do, I like to view it as you're very intentional with your time. And that's where that productivity comes in, where I'm going to set apart an hour doing this, go straight to it, and then it's like on to the next. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that that way of living is just really cool because it just shows how you live like a no bullshit kind of life and you're just, you do what you got to do, get it done, and then enjoy the rest. You get know what I mean? Done. Yeah. Lastly, I see you as a role model for me because, you know, creeping into my 30s, I feel like 
you're setting a good example to me as well as other people because you live life for what it is, but you also stay true to your own personal values. And you always make a conscious effort to make time to do things that you enjoy in life. Again, I hate to keep going back to this pandemic, but you know, life is short right now. And it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, man, if only I did this when the world was quote unquote normal. Oh, yeah. But it's like looking at your life, you still make time. I mean, you do snowboard right now. But aside from before the pandemic, I did see you just doing things that you do love doing. And I feel like more people should be doing that. The thing is, I grew up as an only child. Yeah. So that's probably one thing that helped me do things independently. Give or take, yeah, we have a lot of cousins. Like I said earlier, we do a lot of family parties in the weekend. But as an only child, as you got older, there's an age gap between your younger cousins to where you start doing things. And so that definitely helped me do things like I would go, I go out on hikes by myself sometimes and go snowboard by myself sometimes. Right. You know, because it's just a thing that I like to do that I can just like, hey, I'm just going to go. Let's just do it. I mean, you kind of just jumped straight into it. But yeah, tell me about like your overall upbringing. So you mentioned that you're an only child. And I know that you kind of ended up being like the older cousin. (laughs) As in like, by default, you just became the role model, even though you (laughs) did not choose not to. I don't know how that feels. I'm usually the, the youngest somehow. Kind of take me through your childhood overall, and then if you want to, you can speak on behalf of being an old, the older cousin that everyone always looked up to mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, I'm the only child, but here I'm the oldest of the cousins. Mm-hmm. But in the Philippines, I do have family in the Philippines still. I'm like probably more in the middle. Oh, okay. You know, I do have some older cousins than me. Give or take, you know, I, I didn't get to spend as much time as I do with my cousins here because True. I lived here when I was two. That's when you moved here, right? Yeah, yeah. so I moved here to, from the Philippines. How would you explain how you were as a kid, I guess, just started off? Oh, man, it was fun and games. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, we lived, you know, unlike most Filipino parents, my parents weren't in nursing mm-hmm. or mailman. You know, yeah, yeah, mailman, yeah. all this so, stereotypical shit. Sorry, yeah, but we that's Filipino. We, we didn't do any of that. So we're just a little bit different, I guess, sure. from yeah. most families, yeah. Filipino families. But we did have relatives that were in the industry like that. And so growing up, it was fun. You know, my parents were, you know, we're a middle-class family. My dad, he did odd jobs here and there when he first came to Philippines, from the Philippines. And then my mom went to corporate America type of deal. Yeah. Even now, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the same industry as her now. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of funny how that works. But growing up, you know, we'd have sports, basketball mainly, because my dad played basketball. And so he was actually my coach for many years. Oh, shit. Yeah. I did not know that. He okay. was my coach for many years. And then, of course, we'd have a bunch of, you know, kid stuff. Yeah. We'd go camping a lot, our families. I'd have some Ninja Turtles. I'd have my Legos. Yeah, yeah. I got G.I. Joes. I had a pretty good childhood upbringing. The grown-up aspect was, I think you would say, is, it was a normal upbringing. Normal? I would say it was pretty normal. Sure, yeah. You know, we didn't have any dramatic yeah. stuff going on here and there. Would you agree you come from a pretty tight-knit family, you know, your mom's side, at least? Because, you know, they are all living here for the most part, right? Yeah, pretty much. Both my parents' side are pretty tight-knit. Oh, okay. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, my mom's side of the family, like, uh, you know, we, they would always meet. They played Mahjong on the weekend before yeah. when we were younger. And then my dad's side of the family, they're all there. They're all tight-knit and stuff. Yeah. And so we're all pretty tight-knit. Even now, like, I'm sure you know Mark, Pat, Ian, Ariel, RJ. Yeah. You know, we're all a little older. We're all grown up now. Yeah. So much. So we're all pretty close still, which is nice. Trina, yeah. you know, all of them. Kind of a broad question, but how do you think your childhood has kind of affected you to be more close to f- 
make a conscious decision to be closer with family. Because one thing I noticed about you is that you really value family, which is really commendable because I feel like I see that especially in how you have a ongoing and what I think is a healthy relationship with your parents. Because I know some people who are only child and, you know, they don't value their parents as much as they should, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to say it generally. But I noticed that you actually make a conscious decision to still be part of their lives. Like you, you live separately, you know, they live a different life and, you know, you still include them in your routine is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, going to mass, what I've noticed and take me through that, like the value of family growing up and how you've led like where you are now with that. Well, the value of family is even now is more important because like mm. I'm the only child. So it's yeah. just me, my mom, my dad. Yeah, give or take, yeah, we have, you know, a bunch of other family members too, but just the three of us corely. It's more even more important now as we get older. You'd be thinking, but some people would disagree. Yeah. Which is sad. It's it's crazy. You know, you just realize how how fast time goes. I know it's pretty cliche, but time does fly. Like I just remember, you know, twenty years ago I was playing basketball in the backyard with my dad. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy where, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, my mom, me and my mom would be doing stuff and whatnot. So it's, time does fly and it is, it is important to value family. Yes, there's some families out there maybe have different dynamics here and there, but at the end of the day, you do have your blood family and there's also a family that you choose. It's pretty important, I feel like, for me. And did you see that through example for, through your parents, you think? Definitely. Because my parents, my mom obviously is one of four. Yeah. My dad is one of nine or oh eight? shit okay and so it's it's a huge thing and it also does help when they all live close by that too but i mean not to throw shade at my family but you know my dad's one of ten but you know they're not the closest and that's what i'm saying too like it really depends on how people grow up and i guess you're fortunate in that matter because you know they showed a healthy way of showing the importance of family to you yeah it's very important like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's, as time goes by, like me and my parents, I'll go trips with my parents here and there. Yeah. Plus, you know, they make me the driver. <laughs> as you, as like, that, like, hey, we're going to yeah, go they, here. They, you they can depend drive. on you even more now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine, you know. Uh, and then that comes down to the thing of being an only child. What would you say is the most memorable thing that you've done with your parents, I guess, as an older individual now versus back then? Because I'm sure your dynamics have changed in a way. Yeah. Yeah. What's a memorable trip maybe i think in the last few years me and my parents we went to we went to paris oh yeah or france oh, that's I guess, right. in general yeah that was the big trip that you took yeah that was probably the biggest trip i've took with them other than obviously going to the philippines yeah you know that's a pretty big trip but this was different you know going to france and it was a pretty fun trip i mean give or take they were there they had a little high school reunion type deal. Oh, okay they actually had like a classmate that lives in france so they had a little uh, gathering there too oh nice and so that was nice to see their dynamics with their friends yeah. which i've seen too here but it's just different mm. when you see it in a different country yeah you know everybody's away from home type of deal then you had a ghost encounter yes i did have a ghost encounter do you talk about that so it was one house we were staying at give or take this is this house was probably well over 100 years old oh fuck yeah you know, and these are white ghosts, by the way. <laughs> it's the France ghosts. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's it was a pretty crazy encounter. Like in the middle of the night, you know, the bathroom door, everyone was sleeping, Look. you know, and I'm right, I was right next to the bathroom, and you just hear the door opening and closing Uh-oh. and stuff. But there's no one up. There's, I know there's no one walking around, woke up, needed to go to the bathroom or anything. So it was pretty clear that it was. Uh... It was pretty clear there's something there. Oh, yeah. Fuck. But you didn't see anything? Didn't though? see anything, no. Okay. I didn't see anything, unfortunately. I wish I did. 
I don't know. I wish I, I'm I did. I'm not in the same boat as you. I don't want to say shit. I wish I did. You know, but that was a trip. It was like, ooh, okay. That's that pretty cool. And your parents didn't experience anything or no. anybody else with the I think they were probably just thought someone was going to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> God you know? damn it. But that house was well over 100 years old. Plus, you know, France is... It was the countryside of France. Uh, it was intense. I wish I had this, a Ouija board at that time. Bro, there's a lot of dark history there, I feel like. I don't even know. It's not really something I'm interested <laughs> in. What is it? The Black Plague, right? Before. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of suffering there, France. dude. Yeah, a lot. It's basically what, like kind of what, I hate to say it, but it's similar to what's going on, what happened in the last year. That's true, too. Yeah. Right? That Spanish flu and mm-hmm. all this shit. Ugh. I don't know. I can't think of that. <laughs> So uh, kind of going off of, I mean, I'm just kind of going into like the deeper question, which is like, where do you think you get that work ethic where it's set your mind on one thing or a few things and actually have the willpower to do it? So again, I've noticed that you're just a pretty driven guy. I'm actually curious, like, where do you get that drive? And also, where do you get that structure? So that's something more tangible for you to maybe expand on. Right. The structure just comes from a little bit of OCD. It's fair, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit of OCD, not too extreme, but a yeah. little bit of that just to be, the way I also think of it is if you're organized, kind of less, a little bit less stress in your life. Yeah, you're it's covering all bases. Easy. I agree with that right? a lot, 100%. Yeah. Right, you're a little organized, you get things done easier, and you know what you need to get done. And so it's just smooth sailing. You don't have to worry about too much stuff here and there. So you make your life easier for you. Do you think you're like that like when you're younger or do you feel like it started really ramping up having a set schedule or just like being more, I don't want to say rigid, but like just having uh, an intention to do certain things. Like, do you feel like it was more unstructured as a kid versus where you are now? It may, I feel like it more happened when in, before high school and grade school, like I mentioned, my dad was my basketball coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd go to practice two days a week. But at that time, my dad was taking me to practice. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, he's like, okay, it's practice time, let's go. You know, it was a boys and girls club team. We had a bunch yeah. of other people. He was the coach. So we had to go. And I was like, all right, let's go. And then, but in high school, he wasn't my coach anymore at the high school level. Hmm. And so at that point, I kind of had to rely on my se- accountability on myself to get to practice, take the bus home from practice, and then at the same time, get to practice on time or get to, get to the buses on time for the game. I think that's where I mainly learned it. Hmm. Not really learned, but more so the aspect kind of instilled in me more often. Yeah, you were able to practice it in firsthand and see what works for you in a way. Right. You miss practice, you're late to practice, you got to run. Yeah. <laughs> like we did that with the kids. That's true, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, on the baseline. Yeah, did you yawn, motherfucker? Get on the line. <laughs> on the baseline. And so looking at where you are now, like if you can take me through your daily routine, like what's your routine? Let's just start with that and then I'll go into another question. Okay. So for like the last... 13 years Mm -hmm. you know i've worked i work an office job basically a desk job and so my routine he's really fit by the way (laughs) i wish for being in an office job job. and that's the that's one thing earlier and i mentioned you know once that five o'clock comes on you gotta get out there and kind of de-stress make sure you're healthy you know type of deal mentally and physically and everything so my daily routine before, you know, I would go into the office before for how long was that? Maybe a good nine, eight years. Yeah. But yeah. luckily, my office is only 15 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's easy. You know, I don't have to commute into downtown that often. You don't have to wake up super early to do things. I was fortunate with that. So my daily routine would be like I'd wake up, get ready to work, 
Luckily, my office is in my other room. So I just take a little stroll over there, Mm -hmm. do some work, check the emails. And then at the same time, you know, I would be preparing myself. What am I going to do for the day? I'm going to say I'm going to eat breakfast this time. I'm going to have lunch this time. Before the pandemic, what am I going to work on at the gym Mm. afterwards? Is it sunny outside? I'm going to go run. So you kind of have to plan your day accordingly to where it is. But then also, you know, with work, sometimes things happen. True. Or it prolongs or whatever. Right. It prolongs. So you kind of just adjust. You know, you got to have that ability to adjust. Yes, I'm, I'm very structured in a way, but I'm also a pretty go with the flow kind of guy. You are. Yeah. That's why it really surprises me when it's like, I have heard other people be like, yeah, I wish I was like Jep where it's like you work out and then it's like the next thing and whatever. But for you, like I've noticed like you're not only like that, like you can literally be hanging out with us and we're like, hey, let's go get tacos. <laughs> and <laughs> tacos. That, yep, that is Jep's weakness, by the way. And we're also using a blanket here and it's a Taco Bell blanket on the table. Yes. Live mass. <laughs> But it's stuff like that where, you know, you still have that very, I mean, I said this in CJ's episode, but you have that Hawaiian vibe, man. Like you go with the flow when you need to, but when business needs to be done, like you do it. Yes, exactly. You know, like you said, there's, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that know me be like, man, he jokes around a lot. Yeah, he yeah. says a lot of corny stuff. <laughs> he ain't serious. But that's just because it's time to like, so let go a little yeah. bit. You, know? you, you have a times. time for play. You have a time for work. Yeah. Yeah. When it's time to get stuff done, you know, I'll I'll get it done. Talking more on behalf of identity now, like I said, I've noticed you just seem very firm with who you are. And I can strongly say that just because you are a little older, that doesn't mean that you have the maturity, like you're naturally going to have that maturity and have a more comfortable sense of self. But for you, I've just noticed, like I said, bringing it back to my intro, like you have a quiet confidence about you where the way that you move in your life, I can tell that you're just certain about certain things. It's a little broad, but not to get into specifics, but it's just like you seem very sure of yourself. And most importantly, you seem sure of who you are. And you're okay to say, I like this one thing and not care because maybe that comes with age or whatever. Mm -hmm. But take me through that. Like, how do you feel about just me being able to acknowledge that? It's a long hair don't care. It is. <laughs> you know, and I think that just comes from just being independently doing your own thing. Be you, be who you are. Mm-hmm. I know a lot, you hear that a lot. Be you, do this, do that. But at the same time, just do what you like to do. I'm going to push that further because what's the shift for you to even think that way? Because when I think in my life, now that I am a little bit older, I'm pretty, I'm just naturally insightful, I think. It sucks because sometimes a little too insightful or a little too self-aware, I guess is the word, Mm -hmm. where I kind of shoot myself in the foot. It's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't like be too public about liking this one thing or whatever. Right. And I think as time has gone on, I think my experience has led me to be more comfortable with myself because at the end of the day, like if I don't like myself, like why live that kind of life? Like why put yourself through that? Yeah. That's my narrative at least. Right. Do yourself a favor. Like, you got to love yourself before others can love you. Yes. That speaks in a lot of parts of my life, at least. So I guess that's where I have gained that confidence to be more comfortable with who I am and what I like. Right. But I'm not an in-your-face kind of guy either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Definitely are. Yeah. I think it's mainly, it doesn't matter what other people think. You like what you like. Do what you want to do. At the end of the day, if people don't like what you're doing, what you're saying, you know, you don't really need to being worried about it. Yeah. You know, so, and yeah, as we get older, we hear, we see things. I think it's more evident when we're younger, when we're trying to make an impression on people. 
give or take, there's still times where you need to make an impression on people business-wise here and there. But at the same time, you know, you are who you are. Mm. You'll hear that a lot from here and there. But in reality, (laughs) that's what it is. Do you ever feel like people try to challenge that about you or just any aspect about you where... Like, do you ever feel like you've ever been questioned or ever questioned like something about you where it's like, you know, I'm not sure if that lives up to other people's expectations or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been directly challenged for me. Per- I mean, at least I, don't, I haven't noticed it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm just blind to that, but sure. I haven't noticed it here and there. Yeah. Maybe sometimes I'll joke around and whatnot and say, man, that's BS, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, type of deal. But no, I don't think so. I think it's. You got to challenge yourself on certain things a lot of times. For instance, like, all right, I'm going to, like, this podcast. I'm going to challenge myself to do this podcast to get out there, open up a little bit, right? You know, and do something different. What do you think are some things that that you've been trying to challenge yourself, you know, as you are getting older and have different goals throughout your life? Challenge personally, you're always trying to challenge yourself to grow. Yeah. Let's define challenge first. Like, do something different. That will help you learn something better. For instance, growing up, I never really played a musical instrument. And then I played a saxophone for a couple of years because we were required to in school. Yeah. <laughs> but recorder, other than, other than that, recorder, yeah. That. <laughs> but then when I got older, you know, I was like, I want to get into playing a guitar. Hmm. And I was fortunate that my parents got me one for my, one of my birthdays. And then I just kind of just picked up YouTube videos. So uh-huh. challenge yourself to like learn something different that you've never done before or I guess you can say enlighten yourself Mm. on certain things. Just to push that further, because I know, I mean, this is part of your hobbies too, but what are your views on hobbies, I guess? Because I I noticed that, like I mentioned earlier, like you're into a lot of things, uh, hobby-wise at least. So I know you love camping and traveling. And if you want, we can talk about snowboarding. Like, how did you end up picking that up? Because I feel like it's a mixture of everything that you love, I feel like. You love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. I notice you take peace in like doing things by yourself. And then maybe that's like the only child shining in you or yeah, whatever. Only child syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, like you're still having an adventure. Like take me through that hobby and how that came about. Man, snowboarding was actually kind of, it was pretty random actually. So oh, I really? tried it one time and we went all the way to Whistler. And I, mean, I didn't know how to snowboard at the time. That was my first time. And then I went with some people that maybe that did it a few times here and there, but nothing too much that I knew of. But we didn't know where the bunny hill was. We rented our <laughs> gear, man. We went all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was with Oregon. We went to all the way to the top and it took us like three hours to get down because we oh, didn't really, I didn't know how to snowboard. I would just go straight down, fall. Luckily, there was a bunch of pow. So it didn't hurt. How long ago is this? This was in like 07. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of a while ago. Yeah. So that was my first experience snowboarding and it was fun. You know, plus the group we went with was fun. Yeah. Fast forward. 2012, 2013 is when I actually picked it up more often. Ah. And the reason why I picked it up is because I had got into a car accident. Oh, shit. And so I had to get a new car. And my car that I actually have now came with a free snowboard oh, and it was a kind free of pass. Oh, shit. So <laughs> yeah. it was kind of like a serendipitous moment. It's yeah. like, oh, here. So I was like, all right, well, I got out. this snowboard and pass. Let's give it a try. And also at this time, you know, I'm li- I live pretty close to Stevens Pass. Maybe like an hour, 15, hour, 20. It's an easy drive here and there. I was like, all right, let's just do this, yeah. you know. And luckily I had some friends like um, Mark, one of your guests on here too. Yeah, yeah. He knew how to snowboard. He actually taught me a little bit more oh, when shit. he went up. Nice. You know, he taught me how to stop and stuff like that. But as the season went on, you know, people got, people had things to do here and there. 
So I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to learn it on my own. And it goes back to that thing where, you know, I never did that growing up. We never did any snow sports growing up. Yeah. We did, maybe we played in the snowy inner tube, but we never did any snow activities like that. And so I went to, I'm just going to learn how to do this. So it was a nice little challenge, give or take a little bruises here and there. Yeah. But it was a nice little challenge and I just caught the bug. Yeah, what is it about it? I've never gone snowboarding, but take me through that feeling of like, what about it do you kind of gravitate towards? Is it is it the junkie in you where you're like, you know, I got to pick up speed or is it, or <laughs> do you think it's, I mean, I'll, I'll take the more mental aspect or emotional aspect where it's like, does it make you feel it's a thing of your own where it's like something I was able to master and, mm -hmm. you know, it makes you feel empowered in a way. I don't know. It's a little bit of 50-50. Yeah, it's adrenaline. It definitely is. And I definitely like to go fast down the hill. Yeah, yeah. I definitely bomb down the hill faster than I probably should be. You know, and at the same time, it is a, you know, I've, I learned how to do this. I did it. And here I am, give or take. It'd be cool if we do some big airs. Sure. I mean, here maybe, and there, but maybe in the future. Maybe in the future, but give or take, you know, I'm also a little, like I said, I'm also a little older. I didn't, I don't know about it is, that. And it's also hard to learn things when you're older. True. Because oh, you, you do learn, as a kid, you learn things faster. Right. That's true. It definitely is. And then it's also like that goes back to that thing where it's a nice little getaway from the week. It's therapeutic, I would say. It is very therapeutic. Like in the winter months when it's snowboarding season, sometimes Friday night off work, hey, I'm going boarding. Yeah. You know, do a little night board, stay up there till 10, you know, and then have a nice little drive home. No one on the road. Just turn on the music. I noticed snowboarding, it will like, you'll go spur of the moment, but I feel like snowboarding is what can disrupt your schedule and you're okay with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. That's definitely because, especially in the winter months, and like yeah. I said, in the winter months are season. So I get my snowboarding fix in the winter time. And the summer comes along, you know, we get to go camping, go hiking, do yeah. some outdoor activities, you know, we'll go out to like an outdoor bar or whatnot. You know, there's lots of other things to do. So you do get your different fixes throughout mm. the year. And so when my fix during this winter time is that, it's a nice little thing. And give or take, yeah, we have some friends that come snowboarding too. Yeah. It's a social thing for you too, yeah. Because yeah. you end up, you know, bringing family over. Or you meet up with some friends that you haven't seen in a while, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a Northwest thing to do, right? It is. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. And what's also nice is sometimes I'll stay up there all day. I might not snowboard the whole day just because, yeah. you know, physical limitations. But right. I'll just hang out there. Sometimes I'll just hang out in the lodge, hang out in the shop, talk to some of the staff. That's your getaway. It's nice. We'll go snowboarding. Oh, man, I'm scared. <laughs> we'll I'm the type who will put my hands out just to, like, stop my fall. And that's the number one thing you don't do no. in snowboarding. We'll teach you good. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> fuck. I'm going to take this part out. <laughs> no. <I'm> snowboarding. <laughs> so. Okay. I mentioned this to you before, but mentorship-wise, are there any big mentors in your life that you would like to kind of highlight it doesn't have to be someone you know either yeah let's start with that obviously you know my parents were big key you know they're obviously it's, it's a huge key being my mentors and then like school wise i did have a teacher that you know helps you push yourself a little bit academically mm -hmm. they also know that you're still a person you're still a kid <laughs> at that time and so that they're, they're definitely one of my mentors. It also helped that they were one of my teachers for about four or five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So they got to see your development. So we basically, you know, we, they were able to grow up with us or we were able to see us grow up. <laughs> and then work-wise, yeah, I had a few little mentors because, you know, I went to an industry where I had no idea anything that was going on in the industry I went into. So those few mentors I had work-wise helped a lot. 
you know, and here I am still doing the same thing 14 years later. Yeah. You're going strong. And another thing, kind of recapping that, like, what are some lessons that you felt were necessary to learn from not each of them, but I guess as a whole that you feel like you needed to learn as you develop as a person, as a, as a son, as a professional? What do you think are some trends of lessons that you learned or take to this day, I guess? I think one big lesson, also one lesson from all that from them is to be proactive. Hmm. Don't let someone just hand it to you, work for it. And it goes also back to where my mentality was before is, if you want something done, do it yourself. Don't try to rely on anybody too much. Get it done yourself. Yeah. Yes, ask for help, but get it done. So I think that's this one major aspect that I learned from all the mentors. And another thing that came with that is like, be willing to learn. Take the criticism, be literally learn. Because then you'll expand on your whatever it is you're doing academically, yeah. business-wise. You'll grow. That actually probably helped those kids that we coached. I'd be hoping so, yeah. You know, I hope that they took the criticism we told them. They yeah. learned from it and grown from it. Well, especially at that age, too, because, you know, it is, it's a malleable time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Very impressionable. Do you feel like that was the age, too, that you really learned those things from maybe your parents? Yeah, my parents, yeah. Probably from my parents, um, definitely from some coaches here and there. Yeah, do you have any memorable coaches that uh, have lessons, I guess, that you still take to this day? The one lesson is that if you're not early, you're late. Mm. (laughs) I think that's probably the one that sticks in my head the most. Be accountable. So kind of twisting this mentor question also, tell me how it feels like to be a mentor from a cousin aspect. So going back to this, like, Maybe you don't agree, but you're a mentor to me naturally, I think. And I, I'm not saying that just because of age. I mean, I will confide in you in some things. Mm-hmm. It's happened before, but I'm sure there's going to be other moments in the future. Just a heads <laughs> up. But I have a trust in you because I do feel like you have a good head on your shoulders and you have a lot of knowledge that maybe I'm not even aware of yet in certain topics or whatever. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Point is that I, I have a lot of trust in you. So that just speaks on behalf of me and you. But I'm curious, like, what's your take on being a mentor to your cousins? Because your cousins really do look up to you. I don't know if you've noticed that, (laughs) but definitely a high respect for you. They seem very comfortable, like, confiding in you if they need to, or just knowing that, you know, Kuya Jep, (laughs) like, got our back, and you show that. Right. So what's your take on, you know, being able to fill that role for them? It's funny you say that, because I really don't see, I mean, because I don't see my, in my own eyes, as a mentor like that. It's we're family, we're going to back each other up type of deal. And sure. if there's some you need to, you know, get down to business, talk about this and that, um, you know, I'll always be there type of deal. That's not a given for everybody, though, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Like it's because you're family, some people are like, so what? Yeah. But for you, you know, we're blessed to have you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It is. The, yeah, it goes back to the whole different dynamics. Of course. I think in my eyes, yeah, you just, I just don't see myself as a mentor like that. I guess that word, the word mentor. Okay. You know. It's more so, hey, I'm on your side. I will be behind you if you need to talk about something. That's still a mentor, talk. though. I guess so. I just <laughs> that the word mentor. I don't know. When I say a mentor, I'm not saying like it's also in your face either. It can be a quiet mentor, too. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, people in my life, I know I can confide in them or just know that if shit were to go down, they've already showed that like they'd be there backing me up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like beyond words sometimes. Right. And then there are verbal mentors or like more verbal mentors who are like, hey, I notice you're trying to get into this. Let me take you under my wing. Yeah. And it's more technical, I guess. Right, right, right. So that's kind of my take on it. It's just that it can be, there's different ways. And so 
put in basketball terms, like you were a mentor to them, like verbally, but like you showing up there, like that's still signs of being a mentor. Like you made every practice and all these things. That is true. Like you made the conscious effort to be there. And that's, that in itself was already a sign of being a, a good. You make a good point. That is true. You're, I never, you know, don't really see that. Like, you know, a silent mentor and then a, yeah. a talkative mentor. You make a good point. But yeah, I'm definitely more of the silent side, I guess. If yeah, you wanna and that's okay. Put me in that's that, cate- that, that yeah. category. Yes, yeah, definitely my style. Not in your face type of guy. But if you do need to confide in something to me, I'm always here. That's the respectful thing that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This is a random question, but what's your greatest personal accomplishment so far in life? And this is just like as a person in general. Um, One thing I don't like doing is boxing somebody in their career. So I actually prefer you not to go in that sense. Yeah, no. One biggest accomplishment was a total life change when I started snowboarding. (laughs) Because I was, what, what was I, 25? Um, that whole life change, it was more of a whole lifestyle change personally, because before that I was going out to the bars, whatnot, doing this, doing that. Yes. I was, you know, younger, early to mid twenties. But I think when I started doing that, it was a whole lifestyle change where I kind of grew up a little bit. Give or take, I still did have some fun stuff, but you kind of just grow up into quote unquote adult. So more in the sense of like focus on your careers? That we're Not really focus on career, but more so focus on personal growth. Or? Your own, it's more so focus on, you know, your lifestyle in the future. Uh-huh. I would say a tangible example is I was pretty, for me being a short guy, I was pretty, you know, heavy set. And so that lifestyle change also helped me just become healthier somewhat. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did lose some weight here and there, but at the same time, it it went back to also that whole determination thing and get it done. And at the same time, it was it was enjoyable doing the stuff I was doing to do change my lifestyle. And I'm sure that was like beyond physical too. I'd be assuming it's more of like you were you able to sharpen like mentally too in a way. Like you clearly said that your outlook on life changed in that matter because you know you're willing to make the physical change. But that comes with a lot of mental too, if you it think about it. It's a lot of mental power to do that because it is a lot of structural, quote unquote, routine too. And then you do have to know your limits also. And then you have to also adjust because it's life. There's no plan for life, right? So you just adjust to how that changes. And then you grow like, hey, at the end of this, like, dude, I did it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know? You made it seem so effortless, by the way, and that's a compliment because I do remember, like, you know, it just happened. Like, you just dropped pounds, but on top of that, you're just being more active, too. And I was like, holy shit, like, this guy does not stop. Yeah, the activity thing, especially being active as a growing up, as a kid, and then through your college years, you do, you know, that that freshman 15, whatever (laughs) it is. You you live your life. (laughs) Man, that was a freshman 30 (laughs) type of deal. And so by the time you know it's like, holy smokes. Life heck? caught up to you, yeah. I guess it sounded like. And then the whole lifestyle change was huge. How would you say that kind of benefits you now? I mean, physically, like, you're pretty fit. But I guess I want to push that further, like, beyond that, beyond the physicality. Like, do you use it as a reminder? Be like, that was my mindset back then. I'm assuming, like, it's changed now in a way. Like, how so? The mindset back then is like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. What is that? Sometimes a little sun's out, guns out type of deal. Is it more like living in the moment versus like being more conscious of I think, how this is going to affect me in the Yeah, moment? that definitely helped. But I think now it's more of how is it going to affect me as I get older? Because also going to the why, you meet some good people there. And they'll give you tips about life too. 
and then they'll say, hey, you know, a good thing you're doing this now because it'll help you down the road when yeah. you're older. Yeah. You know, like some of these guys I was talking to, they're 50, 60 years old yeah. and they're in there pumping it, you know, pretty good. Mentally, it's like that gives you the confidence to, to do things in life that you might have said like, oh, I'm too old for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, I'm too old. You know, we say, we joke around like that too. It's like, oh man, I'm too old for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but honestly, you're not old until you're only old if you think you're old. You know, it's a mindset type of deal. I kind of fall in that, to be honest. I, I feel like, and I don't want to live like that one day. I don't want to be like, I'm 50, but I can't do this because I'm fi- <laughs> simply because the fact I'm 50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's your take on that? Like age, I guess. Never lose your child spirit. Mm. And then that goes also to just have fun type of deal. Yeah. And then it goes also back to do what you like to do. Yeah, there is some physical limitations, but you can adjust to it. Like, I think I'll probably be on the, on the hill snowboarding probably at 50. That's know. fucking badass. I, I think I'd still be doing that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Give or take, hopefully no knee, knee reconstruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Knock on wood. Here and there. But yeah. <laughs> even then, you know, at that point, if you need to rehab your knees, if you injure something, you put your mind to it. Another thing to challenge yourself. Well, let's hop into hard hitters. So I don't know if you're Ooh. aware of these, but these are just kind of random questions. So what's one life event that you're most thankful for? The major one I would have to say is when I got that car accident. Because, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like a super big one, but it was also a kind of a realization that, hey, what the heck? I got hit in the front side, driver's side. And so at that point, you know, that's pretty close. And that airbags fly in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like, like what the hell just happened? Fuck, type yeah. of deal, yeah. yeah. yeah it kind of does wake you up a little bit. And realize that, like everyone says, life is short. You never know what's going to happen. So I think that's probably one major moment. Clearly, it put life into perspective, but it was also like made you be more intentional after that, maybe. Because, you know, with the mindset of life is short, I feel like that comes with trying to be more intentional and not necessarily making up for things that you've missed, but also just having the mindset that, like, I should do things that I love. Definitely. Most definitely. You know, do things that you love, but. And then do things that you've never done before, like you said. And you, yeah, it does be more intentional because you have to realize what happened. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot to swallow. There's a lot to swallow what happened and then how you're going to recover from it. True. Because yeah. there is times also where you, it is like PTSD, even though it's just a car accident. Right. You know, you do have that PTSD sometimes. It was a guy that hit me. It was like a, he didn't yield to the yellow. <laughs> it yeah. was a left turn yellow. Yeah. I was so, going straight and he didn't yield to the level. Yeah. Yellow. It's just so basic too. It's yeah. Just, and so it's something you just realize when you look back at it. And that was, you know, that was already so long. That was a while ago already. Yeah. I think it's nice though, because you took that as a positive spin. You right. know what I mean? Some people would just be like, oh shit, now I'm going to be too cautious in life. Yeah. Maybe it was like that for you a little bit, but clearly where you are now, it's just really cool to see how that event, some people may think it's so small, but for you, like it was enough to kind of shake you, but motivate you too, Mm -hmm. where you saw it as an opportunity to take more opportunities. That makes sense. Yeah. Take more opportunities. And also I think that that time is like, started growing my hair, (laughs) started to be the long hair, don't care type of, you know, not really bad attitude, but you know, just go and do something. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun question. If you were immortal, how would you spend your the rest of your life? Oh, immortal. God damn. That'd be crazy. I think about the all time with all these movies that come out that are like, yeah. you take a pill, you can live for hell yeah. long. So this is more of the sense of like being conscientious about like how you're going to keep your life passionate, I guess, and like 
what's something that you don't mind doing for the rest of your life and like fi- finding value is what i'm getting at in passion i would definitely like to travel more than i do now it, it, it costs money to travel obviously and me being a single income household yeah. and i got my own bills to take care of my own house to take care of i would definitely like to travel more if i was immortal to see more of the world. There's way more out there. Yeah. You know, you watch all these YouTube videos of people doing this stuff. It's like, man, that would be nice. <laughs> you know, if we didn't have a normal nine to five type of deal, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. you know, where you can do stuff and you had resources to do that, you know, that'd be fun. What do you normally enjoy the most when you're traveling? I know you're a foodie. So besides food. I don't know if I call myself a foodie. I just like to eat. Okay. I mean, that's a foodie. (laughs) I guess that's foodie. I'm not like, oh man. Like, (laughs) I guess I would be like, oh, it tastes good, this and that, (laughs) whatnot. But I'm like, like, I'm not going to go specifically. For a hype food. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you can say that. Fan of food. I'm a fan of food. I'm a fan of stuffing food in my face. (laughs) Me as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, besides that, I guess, what do you enjoy the most when you are traveling? Like, is it talking with the people or seeing new scenic places or buildings that you know seeing the different places landmarks. yeah different landmarks not so much to talk to other people aspect but it would be nice to talk to more local people here and there yeah, this, yeah. but just seeing the different cultures when, like when we went to paris that was a huge culture difference i mean that's a big culture shift yeah. just to think about like even going to the bathroom yeah not just because you know they hold the whole people say french don't like the americans whatnot yeah but it's just it's whole culture difference you know, just from the architecture to how they do things, yeah. the building architectures and how they do things. It's just crazy how when you're here in the U.S., the U.S. Is only, hasn't been around as yeah, long as young. other countries. Yeah, It's a huge difference. And that's probably the one thing I like to see the most when I do be able to travel. Yeah, so it just sounds like it pushes you out of your element where let's try something new. Try something Shake new. Shake up our daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, do something different something adventurous here and there like it'd be cool to do like a bungee jump at some oh. crazy place somewhere somewhere in there i'm sure we have a lot that here, of that here get off deception pass or something yeah shit. is that legal i don't think so i don't know if they would set that up there but I no i don't think it is but like do something like that it'd be just fun you know i think that's that adrenaline junkie in me well that leads me to my next question what's on your bucket list this year this year yeah oh man or I guess two years, because, you know, COVID, fuck you. Yeah. Don't know how long you're going to be here for. In the wintertime, I want to go snowboard in Japan. Ooh. You're snowboarding Is it Japan. big over there, by the way? Oh, yeah, it's pretty huge. Oh, the powder is crazy. You're there or somewhere, let's say somewhere in Europe. Why Japan, though? Because you want to go to the culture, too? Or yeah, what? the culture, but also just see so many things of how epic it is over there in the snowboarding season. That would be cool. And it's just different. You know, I've never been to Japan. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, that's a goal of mine, too. That would be pretty cool to snowboard in Japan. In the summertime, you know, I think it would be cool to do like a little cross-country trip. I think me and Mark were talking about that. I'm sure that, really? yeah, yeah, I we can see some, that We get some weird ideas sometimes. <laughs> Dude, there's this, we saw this, we were watching a video while we were working out. Yeah, yeah. And this, there's this van, like yeah. an old school VW van. I'm like, dude, that'd be cool just to make, build one up. That's a thing. They do that with like trailers, I know. Yeah. Not really like pimp it out, but it's enough to actually live in while right. you're traveling. Right. It'd be cool. What are three things you're most thankful for right now? Family, friends, and I think just health. Obviously, with what's going on, there's a lot of people that don't have that. 
just the luxury of that, especially like right now, the pandemic has made a lot of people just really realize like they're not as happy, not only with their life, but like their health too. Mm-hmm. And that limits you a lot right now. It you does. know what I mean? It's like, I can't go out because I have underlining conditions. It's like shit. Mm-hmm. By choice, for some people, it's like that you're shooting, you already shot yourself in the foot. Like you're high risk. It's just more apparent that, you know, maybe there might be something you need to change in your life. What's your definition of success? Oof. And that's not even just, not even career-wise. Like, I hate that. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. I don't picture success as career-wise, I guess, quote-unquote, how much money you make. Yeah, I don't, not. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, that's tough. I think the definition of success is, goes back to knowing who you are, being confident in who we are, you know, and you knowing that you can do what you, what you put your mind to. Mm. I think that's success. You accomplish what you put your mind to do. It might be small, like for some people nowadays, it's maybe buying a house. You know, that's good success. To put it into more tangible things, how would you say like you were able to achieve that in your life? Like, would you say it's through experiences that kind of happened to you? Or was it more of like you took more opportunities to even learn that lesson? I think for me, it was taking the opportunity when it comes to do that. And how do you know? Because that's a lesson that I'm still trying to learn, too. I feel like life happens so fast sometimes where I'm just kind of like, um, that will come around next time. But really what I'm saying is like, I'm anxious. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it is definitely hard to know when to do it. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just have a feeling of, all right, I think it's time to do it. Like, for instance, for a lot of things, it's moving out of the house. I mean, that's big for me. I still live at home. So. Yeah, so some people, it's, you know, it's moving out of the house. All right, let's do it. It's totally different lifestyle. Doing that does help you change your mindset also. Mm. I mean, mindset too, but also, I guess, tangible-wise, like taking opportunities to grow as a person as well. So, like, would you say you tried to play that more independent role, even though, like, when you were living at home, like, did you try to find ways to be more independent in a way? Or Yeah, you know, when I was living at home after college or whatnot for a few years, yeah. You know, luckily, your parents are pretty lenient and yeah. you know, they understand that you're an adult now yeah. and whatnot here and there. But you do still have to take your self-responsibility in doing that. So if you can recap your whole journey, so everything that we talked with, we talked about a lot of different things, but I think at the heart of it, it really comes down to a very strong sense of self, power of habit, you know, enjoying what you love to do. And in this case, we're, we talked a lot about snowboarding too. So um, if you can recap all of that, What's one lesson or piece of advice that you would give someone who has gone through maybe not the same experience that you have had, like who are still questioning themselves? Like, what would your advice be to that person? Find something you enjoy to do, you know, and then put it all into it. And if, if, it's something, if it turns out something you don't enjoy, see if there's something else out there. To push that too, like snowboarding in this case is one of your many likes. Would you agree that has brought a lot of opportunities for you? Like, has helped you be more social because it's like you've met more people or were able to incorporate like family or friends who want to learn or pick it up. And that allows you to be that mentor that we were talking about earlier, too. Where it's like, that's right, because we're going snowboarding next season. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) No, yeah, definitely. (laughs) On the slopes, snowboarding people, ski people, they're all nice. You talk yeah, to the random, skies and the urchins. You, you, yeah. yeah, skies uh, and urchins. You talk to random people up there sometimes, <laughs> and you know you get along. Like I think this season, I've talked to someone that was from Minnesota. I talked to someone that was from Toronto, 
And so it's like, oh man, what, you know, and then yeah. find out that they moved here from there because of work or whatnot. And right. so it's, you do meet different people up there. And it is, uh, it's kind of eye opener where it's like, it's it helps you. Yeah. yeah. It's a different experience because it helps you open up to random people. You know, you might not see them again, whatnot, but you know, just have a little social interaction with them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that little interaction helped their day. You know, they're, maybe they're up there by ourselves too. And like me, just going up there, boarding, you know, put your headphones on. But that little interaction, like, all right, that's cool. You know, people up here are nice in Washington, not just where I'm from. So I think basically, you know, at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, find something you'd like to do. Be confident in what you do. Also, be just be you. Do what you like to do. And at the end of the day, you'll be happy with yourself. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I also want to shout out everyone who has been supporting the pod. I appreciate you all, so feel free to continue to share any episodes that you enjoy. And, most importantly, get notified about new posts through following my Twitter at hint of underscore lemon. Peace. Hashtag long hair don't care.